What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and there's a ton to get to in today's episode because the Sixers have been absolutely rolling. They have been super fun to watch, led by, of course, Joel Embiid. And uh, before we get into any of these things, I wanted to take a second just to let everyone know that if you've been enjoying uh, these podcasts and all the other podcasts here on Sports Ethos, uh, just take a quick second and follow uh, at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Uh, it's the most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on the planet. You can get all your news there, including news about your 76ers in one Twitter feed. Uh, not only is it the fastest uh, for all your news, but it's also the most reliable and provides analysis as well. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. All right, now it's time to get into the Sixers' recent string of games. Um, uh, we've left off. Sixers were on a win streak. Sadly, since then, that win streak has been snapped. But uh, luckily, it hasn't been affecting the Sixers too much as they have won nine of their last 10 games and have looked absolutely dominant in the East, moving up to the fifth spot and just 2.5 games out of first. Sixers have been nearly perfect recently, and the only game they've really struggled and not looked like one of the best teams in the NBA was against the Charlotte Hornets, who were on their own little win streak, came into Philly, kind of dominated the Sixers. Uh, I would not overreact about this game in particular, especially because Gordon Hayward finished with 30 points and shot 13 for 16. Uh, Their offense was really clicking. Sixers struggling a little bit with turnovers, especially in that first half. Uh, Joel Embiid still looked dominant with 31 and 6, 10 for 17. Usually I'd be more upset about this kind of loss. Uh, Hornets are a pretty good team. Sixers uh, bound to lose one at some point. Uh, this wasn't a terrible one to lose, although you love to win them at home. They've been better away this year. It's okay to lose some of those home games uh, against a good opponent like Charlotte. So we're just going to move on from that game. Not uh, much else to say. No one really to blame particularly, just uh, overall uh, they, had the, they had our number on that one. Um, but we're going to move on to two of my favorite games of the season so far, starting with the win in Philly against the Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart out for the Celtics. Sixers relatively healthy. Shake Milton still out. It's been out majority of the season, it seems like. And the Sixers came out absolutely uh, dominant in this one. Actually, they didn't come out 100% dominant. They started on losing 10 to 6 or 10 to 4. Uh, the Celtics were looking good early. And then the Sixers brought it into second gear, went on a huge run. Took a big lead at the end of the first quarter. Never really looked back. Big games for a lot of guys. Obviously, Joel Embiid leading the way. 25 points, 13 boards. Uh, Really, really good all-around performance from Joel. 7 for 15 from the field. However, very sad news in this one. Joel Embiid's 30-point game streak was snapped. So, I guess he'll have to settle for being tied with Will and Allen Iverson for most consecutive 30-point games by a sixer. Uh, obviously, I don't think he's too worried about that one. Uh, if the game came out of the wire, it seemed like he would have got it. Uh, obviously, finishing with 25 and didn't play the last six or so minutes of the game. Uh, Tyrese Maxey was huge in this game, finished with 23 points. Uh, doesn't tell the full story. Tyrese Maxey was absolutely incredible down the stretch. Uh, it got to a point they were down... 12, 14 points. Maxi comes down, hits a couple straight threes, drives to the basket for a big bucket. Um, he really, really took over down the stretch, especially when Joel was out. It was really cool to see. Five or seven from three from Maxi is unbelievable. His progression this year continues to amaze. Tobias Harris solid in this one, or at least the stats would lead you to believe. Uh, 17 points, nine boards, shooting seven for 15. Missed a couple really, really easy shots, especially around the rim. Still needs to work on that. But Tobias Harris has looked a little better recently, contributing a little more to the offense, and I think he'll get his footing. It's been released that he has 
I believe it was tendonitis in his shoulder he's been playing through. So I don't know if that's the reason he's been on the shooting slump. But let's just hope that Tobias Harris can get back to his old self a little bit more and especially uh, closer to playoff time. Uh, Matisse Thibel in this one looked incredible. Eight points, four boards, but five steals and two blocks. Matisse was all over the place, forcing Jalen and Jason to 12 turnovers. They did combine for 41, but yeah, Matisse was everywhere. Uh, took a very scary fall. Um, uh, Dennis Schroeder pushed him a little bit in the back. Not really sure what that was all about. Uh, I was personally at that game, and it was really, really scary. But the atmosphere was great all around in that game. Uh, the fans were loving it. Uh, the Sixers looked hype. Uh, Charlie Brown Jr. on the bench was leading the hype squad. Uh, really nice to see. I love Charlie Brown. Really happy to see him sign for the rest of the year. I don't know how much of a difference maker he is on the court, but seems like a good locker room guy and a fun guy to have on the team nonetheless. So, yeah, that Boston game was really, really fun one. Uh, always love to get a win against Boston, especially if it's dominant and in that fashion. Uh, moving on, Sixers played a back-to-back, traveled to Miami for this one, and they did end up getting a win, and this is a really, really impressive win for the Sixers. Uh, back-to-backs are always rough, especially when you have to travel that day. Uh, Tobias Harris filled it up with 22-8, and shooting 9-for-13 and 3-for-3 three three from 3. One of Toby's best games of the season, honestly. He looked really, really good, and it's really nice to see Toby be a key contributor uh, in a comeback win, especially against the uh, semi-rival I'd say now in the Miami and a big reason I'd consider them a semi-rival now is because they have Jimmy Butler leading the way obviously the way Jimmy left Philly wasn't ideal for either side Uh, I would love to have him here I don't really feel that much malice towards him I think the organization did a bad job in how they handled that situation but it was nice to see Jimmy go one for 11 in this one and ultimately drop the game to Joel Embiid's 32 points and 12 rebounds continuing that away 30 point game streak which is still going on that's now nine straight for him. Seth Curry with 21-5-5, continuing to be a versatile player all of a sudden. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, 13-7-4, coming back strong from his quarantine. And the Sixers are just an absolute joy to watch. I said it earlier, and I'm going to say it again. I don't know how long this is going to last, how well this team is gelling together. I don't know what's happening, but I really hope it never ends. This has been absolutely incredible, and with the Ben Simmons drama, and uh, especially before this win streak, the team was uh, falling apart a little bit. Uh, a lot of talks about trading Toby, about what's going on with Ben. That was the real focus. And now the real focus, in my opinion, is uh, Joel Embiid's MVP legitimacy, which I consider him top three at the moment, maybe top four, but announced that Kevin Durant will be out four to six weeks. That helps Joel's case, unfortunately. Never like to see KD be out, a super exciting player, one of the best scorers of all time. But speaking of KD and the East, let's get into the Sixers' spot in the East a little bit. I mentioned earlier they are fifth, only 2.5 games back. And when you look at the list of teams ahead of them, uh, you see Chicago is still in first at 27-14. and 14. However, Zach Levine is out. I don't know for how long. But they've struggled recently. Uh, back-to-back really bad losses for them. I think they'll be okay, but I also don't think that they're going to finish as the one seed. Uh, Brooklyn, just a half game behind them. As I mentioned, no Kevin Durant for four to six weeks. That's got to hurt them. Uh, don't know if they'll be able to keep that spot up. Miami is uh, a game behind them, which is super impressive uh, with everything that's been going on with them. Jimmy Butler back recently. Bam Adebayo expected to be back this week at some point. Uh, Omar Yurtseven has been really, really good for them. And this recent string of games they've put together without some of their stars has really been fueled by guys like Tyler Hero, Max Struess, Caleb Martin, just guys that really wouldn't be getting too much playing time in a normal season, but have really been taking advantage of their time. Uh, PJ Tucker, uh, 
proven winner after last year's championship especially. Uh, it's been really cool to see that team, although I am a Sixers fan and don't love to see other good teams in the East. I've enjoyed watching this Miami Heat team, uh, unless they're playing the Sixers, in which I actually did enjoy watching them because the Sixers had a pretty dominant win. Uh, moving on on this list, the only other team ahead of the Sixers is the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's been playing incredible this season in the MVP conversation yet again. Super surprising, said no one ever. Um, if you look at the last 10 games of all these teams, however, the Sixers are notably standing out from the rest at 9-1. and one. The next best is Miami at 7-3, and three, uh, Chicago 6-4. and four. And then Milwaukee five and five, and Brooklyn four and six in their last ten. So you can see where the momentum is favoring right now. Sixers look to be in a good position to overtake a spot ahead of them, or maybe even two. And uh, from a team who I wasn't even sure was going to be a top six seed and guarantee themselves in the playoffs, because as you know, the play-in game now includes a seven, eight, nine, and ten seeds. Uh, a little interesting, whatever. Uh, hopefully, the Sixers do not have to worry about that. So I always mention on this show that I really don't like looking ahead and looking at anyone that's not on the current roster. However, you have to always look at the trade deadline on February 10th, so it is coming up in less than a month. And before we hop into all the rumors and the Ben Simmons and all of that, I just wanted to take a quick second and introduce our partner here at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Make sure you guys go and prop up with Thrive on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos at sign up for an 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100 plus either two to four free game tickets to play. Uh, You can pick player props on all the biggest names every night, such as Joel Embiid, score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize. I'm telling you, if you take Joel, you're going to be winning most nights. Also, check out the Sports Ethos DFS team and podcast for advice every single night. They're out here giving great advice, so I'd go recommend to check them out. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. And now it is time to jump into all these crazy rumors that have been coming up recently with the Sixers. Uh, One of the biggest ones that have been debunked recently was the Sixers wanted Cam Reddish, clearly did not happen, was moved to the New York Knicks in a deal that I personally think the Sixers should have tried to make earlier. But nonetheless, we move on. Um, The other thing I mentioned last show was De'Aaron Fox, potentially, and the Sixers have now came out, and I guess unofficially, but rumors have swirled that they're not interested in a Fox trade, a Collins trade, or a Sabonis trade, three big players that were all supposed to be available at the deadline. Um, Damian Lillard getting surgery now, expected to miss several weeks, uh, make things interesting. So it's really, really confusing now of who the Sixers could really be targeting. The main guys that come to my mind, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, I really don't know the odds of that. I don't know how interested they are, but he's been playing incredible this season. Uh, If De'Aaron Fox is staying in Sacramento, that might mean Tyrese Halliburton can be moved. I really don't know. Uh, The other guy that's been coming up recently that I haven't given much thought to, but I probably should, is Brandon Ingram. Brendan Ingram's having a quietly good season. Uh, he's tucked away in New Orleans with no Zion Williamson, so not really must-see television per se. But Brendan Ingram, a very good scorer, a solid player. Someone I think who could fit pretty decently under the Sixers team. Of course, if you keep Maxi at the one, Seth at the two, uh, slide Brendan Ingram to the three, Toby fits perfectly at the four. I think this could really work out. I don't know how much I personally love Brendan Ingram, but I do know he's a solid scorer who can definitely help this team right now. 
Um, but my main concern at the deadline, surprisingly, is not the Ben Simmons issue. I think that it wouldn't be the end of the world to try to move Ben, you know, in the offseason, maybe get some money, try to sign James Harden. I know I say that nonchalantly, but obviously that would be absolutely incredible. But what I really want to see happen is the Sixers make one of those moves that the contenders do every year that really boost them into that role. Uh, this is a trade where you give maybe a pick, a, a role player you're not really using, uh, some draft, some some sort of capital in some way, some money. You take a big contract and you get a veteran guy that can help you win now. Uh, I was looking through all the bottom teams in the league, the teams I think would be selling, and I compiled this short list of players that I would personally love to have for the Sixers playoff run this year. Um, Eric Gordon from Houston, big contract, bad team. Will not take much to get him. Terrence Ross from Orlando, kind of the same deal. Really, really electrifying scorer. Uh, good finisher, good shooter. Could fit really well on this team. Bring TJ McConnell back to Philly. Uh, I wouldn't say Indiana is one of the worst teams in the league, but their record shows they're certainly not great. They're looking like they might have to blow it up with Sabonis potentially out of there. Uh, speaking of Indiana, a maybe more higher tier player. Sixers might have to burn a first and some some capital, but Tyrus Levert could be an incredible get for the Sixers to insert into that starting lineup. Obviously, that three spot of Matisse. Uh, Matisse is a great player, but him off the bench would be a lot more uh, beneficial for the Sixers. Some other guys from San Antonio, Bryn Forbes and Doug McDermott, two absolute sharpshooters. Sixers have a decent amount of shooters, but you can't really be relying on Furkan Korkmaz and Isaiah Joe as your snipers off the bench. Um, Buddy Heald from Sacramento. Buddy Heald would probably be another one of those players that would cost a little bit more, but he's an absolute sniper in a bad situation, and it'd be really cool to have him. And another former Sixer who I'd love to bring back, Robert Covington. Portland is absolutely falling apart. Uh, having a dominant you know, 3-4 perimeter defender alongside Matisse would be really, really cool. Uh, really good defender for some of the best guys in the East. Uh, KD comes to mind instantly. Covington uh, be a good get for the Sixers. So I think it's really important that the Sixers make some of these moves. They tried to a couple of years ago, bringing in Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson. Didn't necessarily work out. I like the thought process, but I'd rather have a guy that's a little better. Um, so one more thing in the trade deadline, obviously, in order to trade four players, you have to trade players. And I went ahead and looked at the Sixers roster, and I really evaluated the players that I thought uh, should be traded, should definitely be kept what the value is of each of the guys that has the potential to be traded. I would like to start by saying guys like Andre Drummond wasn't really considered because I can't see the Sixers dealing Andre on the veterans minimum contract. It seems like, you know, a backup center uh, that the Sixers would just want to hold on to. A guy like George Niang, same deal. Small contract, good role player. Makes no sense for them to give him up. Um, but looking through the starting lineup, Tyrese Maxey is the first guy that I think has the most controversy around a trade because of how well he's played this season. At the beginning of the year, you say Tyrese Maxey, Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard. Uh, I am taking the deal before you can finish your sentence. Now Tyrese Maxey putting up incredible numbers as a second-year guard. Um, and I really think that it's really it would be near impossible for the Sixers to get a return worth giving up Tyrese Maxey. He's proven he could be a potential all-star in the future. Regardless, he is a pivotal role. Uh, he plays a huge role in what the Sixers do, their offense. He's learning now to play well with Joel in particular. You've seen their connection uh, on social media and just on the court in general. They really look like they're enjoying each other on the court, and it's really fun to watch. So I think Maxi is too big of a part of this team to be thrown into a trade package unless it's for a guy that is really, really worth it, like a James Harden or... I don't even know about Dame anymore because of the injuries. Uh, moving on, Danny Green, get him out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Danny. If we're not getting anything for him, I'll say keep him. 
Good veteran guy, good for the locker room. But if anyone wants to take that contract right now and we can get ourselves a pick or maybe even some sort of player in return, I'm doing it in a heartbeat. We want to win. I love Danny, but I love winning even more. Seth Curry seems like another one of those Andre Drummond, George Niangs. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to trade him. He's a key player on this team. He doesn't provide that much trade value. Seems like a guy that belongs on a veteran team fighting for a championship. So I think hanging out to Seth makes a lot of sense. Tobias Harris, I mentioned him the last time, seems like he would be here to stay. Uh, The big contract mixed with no team really wanting him for that kind of money. And I think that he's still a very valuable part of this team. He's had his struggles this year, don't get me wrong. But I think Tobias will be a key contributor for a championship team the Sixers will have, at least this season. In the offseason, could see him getting moved to bring... Uh, cap space, but doesn't make sense to move him mid-season. So it looks like we'll be seeing Toby for the rest of the year, and I'm not too upset about it personally. Um, next up, Joel Embiid. Um, give us James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and KD, and we'll think about it. Otherwise, Joel Embiid will be a Philadelphia 76er. And I don't even think I'd do that trade, honestly. This man should be the most valuable player in the National Basketball Association if the season ended today. Thank you very much. Um, Shake Milton barely played this year. Sure, if he needs to get traded, he can, he can go. Uh, I like Shake. You know, he, he's looked good at times, but doesn't really seem to fit in too much of this team. Not super valuable for us. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, Matisse Thibel, uh, I have him somewhere in the same realm as Maxi. Maybe a little bit less valuable, but, you know, his defense is just ridiculous. He's averaging 1.8 steals and 1.1 blocks on the season. He's everywhere. Uh, he's a guy that guards the other team's best player, which is exactly what you need. So I personally would say um, don't give Matisse unless it's a trade for a super, superstar in a Ben Simmons package. And, yeah, it seems like Matisse will, will stay on this team. So just one quick look uh, into the future Uh, The Sixers, obviously winning nine of their last ten, have been super hot, hoping that they can keep this going, playing Washington uh, as their next game. Uh, uh, Some easy games coming up the stretch, hopefully. Washington, Orlando, Clippers, obviously without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, San Antonio and New Orleans. Um, They've had a lot of easy games recently, but the great thing to see is that they've been winning them. We've seen in the future the Sixers play down to their opponent, play down on the road. They have done neither of those things this year, so it's been really, really awesome to see that. And we're just hoping the Sixers can continue to rally. Um, Quickly before we sign off on the show, I just wanted to remind everyone to use code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. Also, please go and check out our pals over at mybookie.ag and use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock the deposit match bonuses. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sixers have been awesome. I can't wait to see how the rest of this season unfolds, how the next few games unfold. I'll see you guys later. And always remember to keep trusting that process.